Hello, and welcome to the Be Health Curious podcast, where we talk all things bariatric surgery. I'm Robin, one of the founders of Health Curious, and today we're talking with Dr. Christopher Lange, a bariatric surgeon based out of Belgium. He performs surgeries on patients from all around the world. For this episode, we gathered frequently asked questions from patients to get his surgeon perspective on the things you might be wondering yourself. We'll have more of these types of FAQ episodes in the future, so if there's a specific question you'd like answered by an expert, send us a message on Instagram at b.health.curious. Please be aware that these episodes are made as educational entertainment and not as a replacement for medical advice from your doctor. That said, we hope you enjoy this interview. As always, I'll have Dr. Lange introduce himself. Enjoy. My name is Christopher Lange, and I'm a surgeon. I have been a surgeon for uh, a couple of years now, since 2012. I've been practicing uh, general surgery, abdominal surgery, and my main focus now is bariatric surgery. And I'm working in Belgium, uh, in Europe, as a bariatric surgery, and I, uh, I'm the head of my department. And we treat people with obesity problems uh, every day, actually. So that's in short who I am. Maybe interesting to say I'm originally from the Netherlands where I was trained as well. And I also lived a year in Los Angeles to do some research and I ended up in Belgium. So that's uh, my short history. (laughs) Wonderful. What makes someone a great candidate for bariatric surgery? Well, I think, uh, of course, there are some criteria like BMI, comorbidity. Uh, Normally, we say your BMI should be higher than 40 kilograms per square meter. Um, But if your BMI is between 35 and 40 and you have, for instance, you have diabetes or uh, sleep apnea syndrome, then we see that people also are reimbursed for bariatric surgery. However, if your BMI is even lower from 30 to 35 and diets really aren't working at all then also it can you could be a good candidate for bariatric surgery as well but the most important thing i think is your motivation so you know all those operations we do for people with obesity are only tools to help you lose weight but it's really the patient's who has to do it themselves. Uh, So the motivation of the patient is the most important thing to have a successful weight loss after bariatric surgery. Mm, That's very interesting. And there are a number of surgery options. How can someone interested in weight loss or bariatric surgery determine which procedure is right for them? Well, there are numerous procedures for weight loss, but I think the most popular Uh, surgical procedures are the sleeve gastrectomy and the gastric bypass operation. Mm -hmm. And if you have a patient, normally you consider the patient's history, the conditions and expectations of the patient as well. So for instance, if you would have a patient with a very high BMI, normally a gastric bypass would be the best operation because you would lose a bit more weight with gastric bypass than a sleeve gastrectomy. But on the other hand, if somebody has a medical history of abdominal surgery, then it might be more difficult to do a gastric bypass and then you have to choose for a sleeve gastrectomy. And so there are a couple of things that uh, are important choosing between the procedures actually. Mm-hmm. So we see that if somebody has a very high BMI, then sometimes a gastric bypass is technically not possible. 
and then we have to choose a, a sleeve gastrectomy. On the other hand, if somebody has diabetes, for instance, then a gastric bypass is, I think, the best procedure. Mm. But in a bit lower BMIs, the sleeve gastrectomy might be a better choice because it's a more simple procedure. And we see that the number of reoperations are lower in the sleeve gastrectomy. Uh, so personally, I prefer the sleeve gastrectomy in lower BMIs. And if your BMI is higher or you have diabetes, then I tend to choose for a gastric bypass. But of course, some people have their own wish and they mm-hmm. want a gastric bypass or they want a sleeve. And, you know, uh, you have to listen to your patient as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And a lot of patients are also concerned about complications or potential complications. What are the possible complications associated with bariatric surgery and are these common? Well, of course, there are uh, general complications associated with surgery. And then we're talking about bleeding or an infection or uh, that, that kind of complications. Then specific complications for bariatric surgery. If we look at a gastric bypass, for instance, you could have a, um, a leakage of your anastomosis or a post operative stricture or some people develop a dumping syndrome. A dumping syndrome is actually, I think it's not a real complication. It's an effect of gastric bypass that also helps patients in choosing healthy food because the dumping syndrome is something that occurs namely when your food choice is poor, uh, if you eat a lot of sugar, for instance. So that's not a real complication, only if it's not under control. Furthermore, if you look in the long-term complications after bariatric surgery, then we used to see uh, internal herniations after gastric bypass. That's when your small bowel loop actually, yeah, it, it's, it's a bit difficult maybe to explain to it on the podcast. Sure, but sure. Normally, if you do a gastric bypass, you actually, uh, you have your very small stomach, your pouch, you reduce the size of your stomach, and then you attach a small bowel loop. And actually behind the small bowel, there's a space and they used to leave this space open, you know, a year or two after a gastric bypass, when you lost a lot of weight, this space can get bigger and other small bowels can crawl behind this small bowel loop and it causes an internal herniation and obstruction even can cause your small bowel to, uh, to get really sick and die. So it can be an acute operation then. But on the other hand, we, we don't see it a lot anymore because we close all the potential holes where the small bowel can go. So, you know, those procedures are actually, the gastric bypass and also the sleep gastrectomy are very safe procedures and they have some complications, but it's not a high risk operation. Mm-hmm. And I think the main long-term effects of this operation or side effects well are maybe vitamin deficiencies but also people just they have to take vitamins after this procedure so we don't see vitamin deficiencies a lot anymore actually and uh, weight regain also remains a problem of course yeah so you earlier said that it's really up to the patient and their motivation what are some of the things patients can do to ensure that their surgery will be successful in the long term Well, I think before surgery, you should really realize that the surgery is not sort of a miracle procedure. So the surgery is a tool to help you in your healthy lifestyle. And you should really make the click to go to a healthy lifestyle and also realize that it will have a social impact as well. So if you go out to dinner, you can't eat or drink what you're eating now. 
So you really should say, okay, I have tried diets before, it didn't work, and I'm now going to make a click to go to a healthy lifestyle. I won't eat pizzas anymore. I will do sports, and I really will follow the rules of the dietitian. Mm -hmm. And I also will accept that I will have a lifelong follow-up. And I think if people don't realize that it's not a very simple and quick thing you can do, and it's something you have to really, really be motivated on, and it costs a lot of energy to get used to the structure of eating and drinking in a healthy way and doing sports and even if you have a very busy job for instance it's, it's really hard and that's why it's very important that you should also be helped by dietitians by uh, maybe by coaches to help you do sports and by doctors and maybe a psychologist as well to help you change your behavior so that's something you should really realize before yeah that's great and are there any specific things that you see your patients struggle with more than other things or is it really different for every patient well it, it differs a bit per person of course i tend to inform my patients very well so my patients really know what to expect but of course it's very it's very hard to exactly tell a patient how it's going to be but i think that for some people they really have to get used to eating very slow chewing a, a lot of time so that's really the practical side of having a very small stomach but on the other hand most people are very happy when they see that weight loss is is really happening and that it that what they are doing really has results so yeah. Of course, some people have trouble eating some, for instance, meat or pasta or bread. You know, that, those things differ a bit per person. But I think everybody, after gastric bypass, experiences a bit of dumping once in a while. You know, you have to get used to those, that kind of thing. So, but if you don't have any big complications, those are the small things you have to get used to, actually. Yeah, great. I'm going to get into a few specific FAQs, frequently asked questions questions that we've gotten. Yeah. Obviously, some of these answers may differ from surgery practice and surgeon to surgeon. Um, yes. But a question we've gotten is, when can I eat regular food again after having bariatric surgery? Yeah, it's a good question, I think, because then my question for you is, what is regular food? Mm. <laughs> because, you know, if your regular diet now is, is really unhealthy food, of course, never. Uh, but it actually, the goal is that you can eat healthy food in small amounts after, I think, a week or six six to eight but mm -hmm. we see that some people well they really have a hard time eating for instance chicken or some other foods after this time and, and some people only after six months really eat a bit more but i think in general after six to eight weeks people can have everything they wish in small amounts but of course if you eat sugar or an ice cream after gastric bypass you will get sick or a lot of people will get sick because of the dumping syndrome. Yeah. Um, another patient question I have is, what should I do if I start to regain weight after surgery? 
Well, that's a very good question because weight regain, well, it happens to a lot of people. About, I think, one in seven patients will regain weight. And I'm not talking about two kilos, four pounds of, of weight. I'm talking about really significant weight regain. And of course, this doesn't happen in the first year because then you're losing weight. So when your weight stabilizes, you should keep your weight at that new set point you have and really be sharp in not letting four pounds go up because then you have to be very strict to get it down again and weight regain never goes very fast okay it comes and people they don't realize it maybe they don't go on the weighing skill and then they are uh, 20 pounds heavier well that's of course that's a problem so what should you do you should go to a dietitian you should go to your doctor as well because it's rare but in some cases there are technical problems with the gastric bypass or a sleeve a sleeve can be too wide for instance that your 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 meals are too too big and a gastric bypass you, you could have a gastrogastric fistula where the food passes into your native stomach actually and then you can regain weight again but those things are quite rare normally weight regain is results a food choice so i think the first thing to do is go to a dietitian a nutritionist and get your diet straight again and it's it's very hard weight gain especially after gastric bypass it can be very hard to again have this boost of weight loss but because the boost is only once after gastric bypass it, it doesn't come twice yeah why is protein so important that's another question we've gotten um, well, we know there's, uh, especially in a gastric bypass, there's a bit of malabsorption, of course. So everything you eat isn't absorbed in your body. So that's also the reason you can develop vitamin deficiencies or one of the reasons. And we know if you lose a lot of weight, then you also, you, you lose fat, of course, but you also lose some muscles. And uh, that's why it's very important to do sports after a gastric bypass or a sleeve gastrectomy to regain muscles again, to become stronger, but you also need proteins to build your muscles, especially in the beginning. It's important to eat enough proteins, maybe more than normal. If your weight is stable and your lifestyle is stable after two to three, four years, then you have to just eat your normal foods and Especially in the beginning, it's important to focus on the proteins. Mm. And and a similar question about water. There's a lot of focus on drinking lots of water. Yeah. Why is that from kind of a surgical perspective? And some people, it's really um, something I can't explain, but a lot of people, especially after sleeve gastrectomy, have trouble drinking water. Uh, but they can drink tea. But water is very, is very hard. I don't know why, but I hear it a lot. But in general, you have to drink enough fluids. And why we say we, you have to drink all day long? Because if it's very hot outside and you need more fluids, you can't drink a whole bottle of water at once. So most people, they only can drink small uh, amounts of water. And that's the reason why you should drink all day long. After a half a year or a, yeah. or a year, you can drink more water and you can drink, it's easier, but especially in the beginning, you have to really drink all day long. Yeah. To spread it out. So it's not all at exactly. once. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. What are some signs that surgery is not right for someone? 
Well, for me, uh, a very strong sign is if people drink a lot of alcohol, because alcohol and a gastric bypass is a very bad combination. People tend to get addictions uh, more often, and you're, you will get drunk very fast if you have a gastric bypass and you drink alcohol. But if people drink alcohol before surgery, maybe... You know, in Europe, people drink more alcohol than in the U.S., I think, maybe if you, and especially in Belgium. So if you drink uh, like two uh, or three uh, units of alcohol a week, I think that won't be a problem. Of course, there's no alcohol in your post-operative diet plan. But if you really have the tendency to drink a lot of alcohol, it's very important to stop before surgery. So uh, look into the mirror and be really true to yourself also what's very important that you have tried diets and you have lost weight before uh, with the diet because if you never lost any weight with the diet then i think you shouldn't do the surgery you, you you should really realize that your obesity is a result of too many calories and only if you have dieted and tried everything but it didn't work then you should think of an operation. Mm. And of course, what's most important is that you, re you have to realize that you're, uh, you have to undergo the, the follow-up, the, the post-operative follow-up lifelong. I think it's very important as well. Yeah, be ready um, to make that commitment. Yeah, really, yeah. And on a personal note, what drew you to bariatric surgery as a surgeon? Well, I like the surgery, and so the, the operation, the gastric bypass, it's a nice operation to do as a surgeon. And I also, every day, I see a lot of happy patients. So if I ask my average patients, are you happy with the procedure? I always ask this, and then almost everybody says yes, maybe because they're very polite to me. <laughs> but on the other hand, I, I, I know people are very happy, very, very happy if yeah. weight loss is successful. The frustration people have because of their weight problem you can't imagine if you don't have a weight problem what kind of frustrations this brings so if then finally people lose weight because of a bariatric procedure yeah it's, it's very good to see as a surgeon so and i really like following up my patients as well and uh, that's something that all surgeons do in belgium i think and in, uh, in the netherlands as well is to do a good follow-up of your patients and that's uh, something i enjoy very well no oh, it's it's a truly a life-changing surgery to conclude, are there any tips that you would give someone, uh, a patient thinking about surgery or just having had surgery? Well, you know, I think if you are thinking about surgery, it can be good to also uh, look into social media, to talk to people who have had surgery, to read other experiences. Of course, there are also maybe bad experiences, and it's also good to, to see the bad experiences. But in general, I think it's good to be informed by people who already have done the surgery because they can tell you exactly how it went of course so that would be a tip i think and for people who just well have got the surgery so yeah if you go back to your surgeon and and or to your doctor to your to your dietitian for the follow-up that's the most important thing and really try to stay motivated and if you are having trouble with your motivation try to seek help. So I think the people who are surrounded by professional help have the best results. So really don't do it by yourself. You have to, have, you need help from professional people.
Yeah, we hear this time and time again, that follow-up is so important. I, I guess one last question is, what do you think keeps people from following up after they've had the procedure? Yeah, I think personal situations in their personal life um, and maybe also the surgeon and, and the doctors surrounding the patient because personally, I really, really emphasize that follow-up is crucial and you have to really, every patient should, should know this. And I think as a surgeon, you sh should be very motivated to help your patients after the operation as well. So it doesn't end at the, the, the surgical procedure. It begins. Yes. Great. Thank you so much. Anything I missed? Is there anything you'd like to add as we close off here? I, I, well, I think actually for the future, the digital follow-up and apps are being de developed right now at the moment. So I think that's also something that really will help people to, to create a support network and also if you're living a bit far away from your doctor to keep in contact. So I think those developments are very promising right now. Yeah. Amazing. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to speak with you all the way from Belgium. No uh, problem. Is there any place where people can follow you or find information about your practice? Well, actually, I have a lot of people from all over the world coming to Belgium. Uh, Belgium is a very popular place for bariatric surgery. So it's you a fraction can check of my price. website. Yes, it's unbelievable, it's unbelievable how, how much cheaper we are in Belgium, but we use the same materials. So. <laughs> but uh, if you go to my website, it's uh, weightclinic.be. So uh, that's my website and you can have a look there. So for the self-paying patients, it's, it's a very interesting way to go maybe. So I have patients from US and from Canada as well. Even if, if you include the flight, it's cheaper. So, you know, that's uh, where they can find me. Always uh, welcome to contact me. All right, so one thing that Dr. Lange asked me to mention after we had already finished recording was that patients who have had a gastric sleeve can later also have a gastric bypass, and this can give patients a second weight loss boost. However, the same is not true if you have a gastric bypass the first time around. You cannot have a second bypass that will give you that same weight loss boost. So we hope you enjoyed this episode. You can find Dr. Longa's information in the show notes. If you'd like to hear more content like this, please consider subscribing to Be Health Curious so you don't miss a beat. We're on Instagram at be.health.curious. Thank you for listening. Stay positive, stay healthy, and we'll see you next time.